Algar Productions. Welcome to the Post-Atomic Horror, the most comprehensive Star Trek podcast ever produced, with your hosts, Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 401, covering Such Sweet Sorrow, Part 2, with Cap Brown. Hi, friends. This is it. We're at the end of, a, of another season. It's not a series finale, though, which is usually what Gav's here for. Yeah. But, uh, well, that you so, know so, Well, I hope not. I mean, that you do show <laughs> up other times, too. Uh, that's true. It's just a, it's a weird coincidence. And But I, what I wanted to say is there will be no poem this time. No, there will not be a poem this time. Unless, unless you can hastily rewrite your summary to rhyme. You, we'll, we'll wait. Uh, there, once was a, would... there once was a woman named Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, nothing rhymes with Michael. I was gonna say, yeah, where where are you going with that? For Michael? She had an orange. Uh-huh. Shit. <laughs> and the orange uh, was purple. Oh fuck. This whole thing's a disaster. Start off. <laughs> uh so so general impressions before we get into it? Uh, it's kind of a letdown after last episode. Gav, what do you think? Uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was all right. I quite enjoyed some of it, but yeah, I can't decide if, well, if mean, this series or is better than the last one overall. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, I did. I realized I don't actually know what your impression of the, of the overall season is yet because you know, this is your first appearance at the end. Mm. So like, what, what do you think of the ride? The last 14 episodes? I, <clears throat> I do think the, the, I like the previous season better because it was more, mm. It didn't seem to be more one, like this one seemed to be more one story, didn't it? Whereas the last yeah. one was bits and pieces. It, it the Season I, one really felt like it was split up to like four stories. Yeah. I, I mean, one of them I, was the Mirror Universe for about 12 episodes, but you yeah, know, still well, there, yeah, were four, yeah. there were four bits to it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, I, still, I still quite I, liked it. There were just, there was things I liked, but just some things that were just quite, uh, boring. Mm, yes, I definitely don't think they needed fourteen episodes to tell what they told. I don't think they needed an hour-long action sequence. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> well, we'll we'll get into that. But I mean, I'm talking as a whole the season. Mm. I think like everything they it felt like everything they wanted to do could have been done in like ten. Yeah, like there was a lot of extra, just nothing. I I kind of think the opposite though, Gav. I think I would have liked a lot more uh, standalone episodes and. Every time they did what I thought was an interesting standalone episode, it would always sort of tie back into the big story, yeah. and that's when it kind of lost me, you know? Yeah, I think they should have done more, yeah, standalone episodes. Yeah, just go to a planet and see something interesting, yeah. like Star Trek. Like the signal thing was a show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the, well the, the signal thing was a good, was sort of felt like at the beginning a good way to do that. You know, we go to the, we go to Saru's planet. We go to the farm yeah, planet, will, you know, like this will take us to seven different places. And I so guess. we sort of like we're 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 uh, we've got the, the overarching plot, but also we're doing, you know, we're doing some like one off stuff. Yeah. Like people expect from Star Trek. Yeah, exactly. But then it, it didn't really work out like. Yeah. That. But then we got into the whole like as the whole Red Angel thing heats up towards the end of the season, like everything is just leading into the next episode. Yeah. Well, before we get too too much further into it, Gav, why don't you why don't you tell us what happens, such as it is in uh, <laughs> Such Sweet Sorrow Part Two? 
boom, pew, pew, boom. Explosions everywhere, and I mean everywhere. Berdum and Stamets are trying to make her patented time suit. Leland wants the sphere data, but first, lots of tiny ships have to fight each other. Stamets is badly injured, but don't worry, the suit is finally made. Burnham launches into space with Spock following behind in a shuttle. Unbelievably, there was one to spare. <laughs> Suddenly, Leland beams aboard the Discovery while its shields were down. For some reason? Giorgio goes after him. For revenge! Oh, and an undetonated photon torpedo smashes into the Enterprise and lodges in the saucer. Burnham realises she saw this in her vision, either that or the Year of Hell episode of Voyager. <laughs> Spock says she needs to go back in time in order to put the signals so that they'll visit them, then get into the future and go back in time. Oh, I've gone cross-eyed. Anyway, quiet part now is we... Oh no, spoke too soon. A giant fuck-off Klingon ship arrives. Oh, and Saru's sister flying as space fighter? Flashbacks galore for Burnham before she returns to the present in order to visit 930 years in the future. Meanwhile, Giorgio traps Leland in the spore room, magnetizing it so he's destroyed along with the drones. Admiral Cornwell sacrifices herself in order to save the Enterprise. Also, Burnham and Discovery disappear through the wormhole. Pike and the Enterprise crew are debriefed by Federation officials, and they all decide to never mention seasons one and two. Spock shaves his beard, which is a huge mistake, before the Enterprise warps away to be no trouble at all. Well, for a few years anyway. <laughs> I think you you remember when we did our big uh, supplemental with all the guests and we made everyone say catfish all at once. Yep. Now I want everyone to go pew pew. That was <laughs> that is delightful. <laughs> just hearing anyone do that. Just uh, oh, so good. And there was a lot of that in this episode. Mm, well, there was almost constant pew pews. That's the thing is like we've talked about this whole season about how challenging it is for everyone to summarize it. You and I and all the different guests and Gav, I think had the easiest job there because there aren't a ton of plot beats that you have to cover. You covered everything. No, but there are, yeah, there are a lot of things the time that everyone happened. Else did. I was just reading a list of things that happened there, really, more than plot. Yeah. No, we are sort of carried from one event to the next, but that's not quite the same as plot. You're right. Yeah, no, and like everybody's just... Ugh. Almost all of the dialogue is just exposition of what's happening and what's going to happen. And then Giorgio shows up to say something pithy. And then there's more uh, <laughs> explaining what's happening. Yeah. I, I think the show, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but it it's not great with dumbing things down for the audience. Like, I don't want that nonstop fountain of techno babble that Brandon Braga used to love. But this show, like, constantly has like the ops officer turning around and explaining something to the captain that he would clearly already know. Yeah, uh, Sir, we yeah, we can't yeah. beam with the shields down. Yeah, yeah, he knows that. He's fucking Captain Pike. Yeah, there's always the, the Futurama metaphor thing, you know, like a balloon, something bad yes. happens. There's always <laughs> that in every episode. Yeah, there's a lot of that, but then there's a lot of explaining the stakes to people. Like, if Michael can't get through the wormhole, then... She can't go back in time. Yeah, okay, we were all at the briefing, we know. Yeah, right. Like, they're clearly telling us, the audience, and I understand that they need to do that, but there's a better way to do it it's, that isn't telling characters that clearly already know what's going on. It, it, it's it's not it's like, it's not just a balloon and something bad happens, it's also the characters explaining what a balloon is. <laughs> yes. There's, there's a bit with at number one. like a third one, grade level. 
uh, where she, she was or she was told that they needed to be 0 0.04 microns away from the wormhole or something like that. Mm. And then she was like, what mm. does that mean? I can't blow a, blow a hole through that. And, yeah. But she would I would thought she would be able to understand it. Well, the thing is, I liked I liked the line. I thought Rebecca Romaine sold the line. It was kind of funny. Yeah. She, yeah. She told Detmer, like, I don't know what that means. Tell me in English. But you're <laughs> right. Number one, like what what little we know about her. And this is it. This is all we get, which mm. is nothing. Um, uh, what, we, what little we know about her. She is a science person. Like in the cage, she was, you know, just as smart about this stuff as Spock was. Mm. And here <laughs> she's telling someone like, uh, I don't know what that means. Explain just, it to me in what? Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> And oh boy, this whole episode was explaining it to you in Star Wars. Yeah, it sure fucking was. And look, I love Star Wars, but oh it's yeah, Star Wars. I don't need another one. <laughs> I've already got that one. No, you're getting another one. Uh, well, no, I, you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I don't need another franchise to cover that ground. They've already, they've already <laughs> taken care of that. Well, I mean, They're, I mean, go ahead. The whole the whole giant action sequence is kind of my bad thing for this episode. That that surprises me. Well, look, man. Like, I'm an easy sell for, this good, stuff. for a good space porn action sequence is the next guy. But this thing took the entire episode and it mm -hmm. just didn't hold my attention, man. Like every time, like every five seconds, we're, we're cutting to more ships exploding on each other. And I don't care, man. Like it's just a bunch of everybody's launching off tiny ships. By the way, the Enterprise has a fuck ton of tiny ships that can just throw at other at uh, other spaceships that I guess they just lost in the next 10 years. And and little self-repairing robot drones. Yeah, it also has little robots that just go outside and fix the ship, which would be awesome, except that we've never seen these little robots before. Yeah, and that's the kind of canon thing. Like, I don't care. Okay, Spock had a sister, whatever. Yeah. Make it work, and I'll ignore it. But this is like, oh, so Kirk had access to all of this stuff, and he just never used it? Well, he, ha he did, but then he went downstairs and talked to all of them, and they all exploded. <laughs> <laughs> You were here to repair the ship, but I maintain that it is you who repairs the ship. Or, or maybe Scotty's just like, I'm, I'm not letting a robot touch my ship. I'll handle it myself. Just pointing to them in the background. Fuck those guys. Wait, wait, who's <laughs> in charge of the ship? Quick, get all those things away from there. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you're not wrong. I mean, it was all, I, I found it a bit dull. It's yeah. I, I wasn't a fan of it either. It was just too confusing. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, but also boring at the same time. Yeah, like it, it's just it's very action sequence burnouty. Yeah, and then yeah. Uh, you also mentioned here that uh, all the flashbacks. Oh, and there's a shit ton of flashbacks to when Michael's traveling through time. There's a ton of flashbacks to old episodes. It's like, guys, I've been here for the whole thing. It, yeah, it's it, only been 14 episodes. It's not not that long ago. Like I get it. You could cut that sequence down a bit, and you know maybe show more stuff exploding. I guess. Well, and what I said last week was I felt like that episode was just everyone hanging around waiting for something to happen. Yeah. And this was just like they they split this into two episodes. Clearly, it's called part two. Yeah. And well, you were, you were they, saying if they had combined the character stuff from last week with yeah. the explodings from this week, we might actually have a full good episode. Yeah. No, there's there's enough good from both of these that could sort of combine the two things that I want in an episode. Yeah. Things happening and characters being interesting. Mm. Like and it could have run long. You didn't need to cut a whole episode's worth, but maybe have it run an hour 20 or something and you'd have like a good episode. Yeah. But these two to me felt like very much like halves and not in a good way. Mm -hmm. Not in a good, like the way a, a two-parter should be. But the, your bad thing is very similar to mine, which is 
apart from Control not inevitably becoming the Borg, which, thank you, by the way. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad about that. Appreciate it. This, epi- this episode didn't show me anything I hadn't been expecting for months. Like, it was longer than the usual episode, and yet I kept waiting for the story to start. Like, I know there's going to be a bunch of action sequences, and you know that's not my favorite thing, but it's the finale. I get that. It's the climax. There's going to be some fighting. That's fine. But then those were over, and so was the story. Like, the epilogue on the Enterprise, I did enjoy. I did like seeing, oh, here's Spock and Pike and number one, just just like we know they were, and that, that was kind of neat to see them one more time. But we're not even going to spend one moment with the Discovery crew in their new setting, which would be the actual new part of the story. Like, I understand that's the hook, that's the cliffhanger, but just give me like 15 seconds of them popping out the other side and the big dramatic, you know, like like Statue of Liberty on the Planet of the Apes kind of thing. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, shit. You know, just something something like that. Like, ooh, what's this mean? Well, find out next year. But <laughs> we got to wait. <clears throat> yeah, this... I think it's because they haven't decided what time or anything about next year. You know, they sort of left yeah. themselves open for that. I mean, I appreciate that, like, nobody decided to do the whole, like, well... Season three, uh, let's end season two with the uh, uh, Bacula finds a bunch of Nazis or something. Yeah. No, I get that. Fuck you don't you. want to paint I'm yourself into a corner. But <laughs> on the other hand, I just like the Discovery crew, the the, the characters on this show I've mm. gotten to know and, and love for the last two years, like aren't in the episode for the last 10 minutes. Yeah. No, the, the, the last chunk of the show is a very good uh, season finale for the Pike show. Yeah. And. I liked that stuff. I really did. I, I liked those guys. I wish we would have gotten more number one. I think I've made that very clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, but apart from that, like, I like, I would watch a spinoff if, if they did, like, the Pike years. Oh, yeah. If it was Pike and number one and Spock and then some, I don't know, extra characters they wanted to invent for that, mm-hmm. I would be all for that. But uh, that's not their show, you know? They were the guest stars. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah I would watch that. I, I think Pike, we didn't really see him in his yellow... You sort of outfit until the last couple of episodes, but he looked good in them. Yeah. Yeah, and, and if we got the timeline right, and I think we're more or less have a handle on that, he's got a good five, ten years before Kirk takes over. Yeah. Like, there's a bunch of show you could tell there if you wanted to. Yeah, and you've already got the season finale wrapped up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and they could just make the pilot be the cage again. <laughs> oh. And then we can watch it for the, what, 16th time? Yeah. The thing is, I forgot we were annoyed with that. And then we did it again, and I actually was glad. Mm-hmm. So I'm not actually sick of it anymore, because that was nine years ago. I've come back around on the cage, Matt. <laughs> well, when we revisited it, it was kind of cool. Yeah. Like, it was cool to have it all fresh in my head. Like, oh, we only watched this a couple months ago. Well, I'm glad. <laughs> uh, since we're doing bad things, Gav, what do you got? Well, my bad thing is uh, Admiral Cornwell is is in the room with the the uh, torpedo that's in the, the hull of the Enterprise, and there's the only way that she, they can't defuse it. So the only way to stop it from destroying the entire ship is basically to pull down the blast shield. But for some reason, the blast shield is on the inside of the room, and there's no yeah. way of activating it on the outside. So the only way... It just makes no no sense, and I don't know why I'm getting annoyed about this from a design point of view. No, no, for, no, no. Uh, it, 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 your description makes total sense, and those are all details we need because, yeah, what the fuck? It just makes no is, sense. It, yeah, it, it, it nope. feels like it was literally installed just for heroic sacrifices. Yeah, yeah, it's the suicide lever. It's like okay, if anybody, okay, so if uh, if a photon torpedo ever lodges itself in the hull like this. This is the only way to save the ship, but you will die. Okay, well, we're yep. designing the ship. Can't we make that better? 
No. Okay, who's the most important guy on the ship? They definitely have to go down there and die. Yeah. <laughs> and couldn't they put it further away from the from the door? Because, I mean, it could, surely you could put a rope around it and try and pull it down. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I love her, like, working with the engineering team to figure out a series of pulleys. <laughs> Look, if they've got right. time to shake each other's elbows instead of fixing it, they've yes. got time to make pulleys. We're, we're, yeah. we're building a complex spaceship, and we're only using simple machines. No, they're they're going to use one of those toy grabo arms, the the little robot, the plastic robot arms that a kid uses, like uh. stand in the doorway and it's like. Uh, hold, a, um, what, about, what about what about the use... what about Sorry, the damn robots that were on yeah. on the ship? Oh yeah, the just robot. About to I was say just all these little robots crawling around in the hall. Send one of those guys down there. Fuck him. Yeah. Those things should be programmed for self-sacrifice. Yeah. Here yeah. I am, brain the size of a plant. <laughs> the fucking release valve. Also, I was I was super disappointed to see Cornwall go. She was one of my favorite supporting characters. Oh, she's such a great character. This is such a waste of her. And I've said on a number of occasions that if... Uh, Saru can't be captain, which I don't understand why he can't. But if for whatever reason he can't be, she would be a great second choice. And now, well, that's not happening. Yeah, it just, it it so felt like, well, it's the season finale. We got to kill somebody. Oh, we both knew that. That's yeah. why you thought Jet Reno was going to die. Yeah, exactly. And at one point, I was certain they were going to kill Stamets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think you felt the same way, Gav. I don't know. Yeah, what yeah. You, I what thought, you, what I thought whenever it was like going into the coma, and I thought, well, he's definitely going to die. Especially yeah, when yeah. Uh, when Hugh was making up with him, I thought, well, this was, if you oh you complained whenever we uh, killed Hugh and well we brought him back and now we're going to kill Stamets. Yeah, yeah. They never get a moment together where they're both alive and happy. <laughs> well, Brian called it last week. He was like, okay, and then Paul will die, and then he'll come back to life, and then Culber will die, and then he'll come back to life. Yeah, I uh, don't. Was it Brian? Feels like I Brian. Remember. I could be wrong. I don't remember anything about this show. <laughs> you're you're, by the, you're all the same. By this show, I mean, by this show, I mean the post atomic horror, not Discovery. I, I remember everything about Discovery because they're constantly reminding me. <laughs> but let's, let's, talk, let's talk about the Stamets and Hugh thing because I feel like I actually really liked when, like, Hugh came back in the stupidest way. Mm -hmm. But I liked that they realized they made a mistake and they fixed it. Yeah, it was good. It was it was good enough to ignore the stupid thing. Mm -hmm. And then I liked. I actually liked the beat of, well, they don't automatically get back together because this was a weird thing that he's got trouble dealing with. It's going to take a minute. I like that. Mm -hmm. it's, it's felt more realistic. It felt like finally in Star Trek, someone's been through some life-changing stuff and it's going to take them a second to adjust. Well, yeah, that's, it, that's okay. It felt very Buffy season six. Yeah, yes. it did. It really Which did. Which I've said many times is my favorite season of that show. <laughs> um, but then now they're back together and it's like, okay, it feels like there's a step missing. When did they reconcile? Like, Jet yelled at them both and said, get back together. Mm -hmm. And then they spent another two weeks not doing that. Yeah. Paul, and now, it took you lying here with a big piece of debris in your heart for me to realize that it was you all the time. I just feel like there, w there wasn't enough. Like, I didn't see them reaching this conclusion. They just sort of did because it's the end of the season, you know? I, I, I The other thing I want to see I, is Paul just lying there with the debris and it's just going, I don't want to get back together. Yeah, no. <laughs> Fuck you. you. You said we broke up. I moved on. I'm dating someone else now. I'm dating this Debris also now. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Debris. I'm dating either Reese or Bryce. I can't tell them <laughs> apart. You know what? I'm just going to date them both to make it easier. <laughs> no, no, you're dating neither of them. They're dating each other. What? I'm uh, sure I was involved somewhere. <laughs> 
And then it turns into a Three's Company episode where he's got to be on two dates at the same time. <laughs> Bryce and Reese were too polite for Paul to not know he was dating neither of them. <laughs> uh, it just, it felt like, I'm glad they're back together. I really am. Yeah. That, that should happen for the... go into season three and they can just be happy. <laughs> That's fine. But... I just feel like they, if they're going to do the they're having trouble getting reconciling and then they finally do, I feel like we should be going on that ride with them and not just like, nah, and then they're back together, whatever. Mm. Well, I mean, that's, the like, entire, that's been the entire series, man. No time for character stuff, only explosions. Uh, Michael's got, I mean, you know, everyone's made this complaint and it's valid, mm. which is they spend too much time because Michael's stuff is all pretty fleshed out. Like her relationship with Spock. This whole season, oh yeah, I really enjoyed. Best part and, of the best part of the series. This yeah. part, this Gev, what do you think about all that? Um, yeah, I didn't mind it. But, yeah. Okay, because I mean, again, you you know, you this is the first time you've been on, so there's a lot to talk oh, yeah, about. Yeah, we're yeah. not just talking about this episode. Yeah. We're kind of talking about what your impressions were overall. I don't want to assume you were just as into it as we were. You know. Yeah. No. No, I did like it. Okay. Because yeah, we. I mean. I, I don't know how you felt about it, but going in, we were like, Ugh, we don't need Spock. We've already had a good Spock and then another good Spock. Mm -hmm. You're going to yep. mess it up. Just leave it alone. I wasn't and as then... uh, reticent as, as, as you lot whenever uh, a Spock mm. was coming into it. But but I think uh, Spock and Pike Bay and it have been have been probably two of the better parts of, of the season. Absolutely. Yeah, I would agree with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I was reticent, but then they pulled it off. Like well, when he finally, to... when he finally showed up, like yeah. started being not crazy, you know, it's yeah. just like, Oh no, you guys nailed it. Like that's yeah. him. Good, good writing, good performing. Like this is good. Mm -hmm. I'm into this, but, and that's, that's a big accomplishment for me to sort of cross my arms and say, no, this is stupid. I don't want it. And then for them to make me like it anyway, we'll show you like, Al. They specifically yeah, good. said that's, that's been the number one thing I've said all along is I love being wrong. Mm hmm. I loved being wrong about Janeway. Like, oh, she's like the worst captain. No, nope. God, no. Actually if really only. great. Yeah. As opposed to the next guy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it just like the the whole Michael Spock thing, I actually feel like was the only relationship that made sense to me throughout the season. And then some stuff with Pike, too. But yeah, well, so well, that's many the thing. The... It was Michael Spock and Michael Pike. Yeah. And no, so many of the other say. characters... <laughs> Pikeel, that's tough. Pike, Pike, and Mike. Well, people definitely ship them, mm. and their ship name is definitely Pikeel. Pike and Mike, they um, look alike. <laughs> but like none of the other characters this season have gotten like any emotional development at all. Like yeah. Tilly had some things to do, and Saru had one or two episodes, but like that's it, you know? Yeah. Very disappointing. And this episode didn't do much to fix that, I don't think. No, everybody, like, everybody got one episode this this season, and it's like, this is your episode. Moving on. Mm -hmm. yeah. No, and, and I... And, in and Tilly's case, all, the episodes weren't very Yeah, good. it was all through my, uh, Michael as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've heard a lot of people complain, and I don't disagree with this, that there's too much Michael. I don't want Michael to not be the focus. She should be the main character with the most screen time, but not at the expense of everyone else. Yeah. Like... Modern TV shows work more, like, with one central character and then sort of a supporting cast. Like, most of your good prestige dramas work that mm. way, and that's fine. But, you know, well, I, mean, I want to see what Tilly's up to. Yeah. Tilly didn't do shit this season. Yeah, 
I've said this a million times. I love all these characters. I want to see them do stuff. Yeah. You know, I want to know more about Detmer and Awoshikan and uh, Bryce and Reese and the. Uh, it's like maybe uh, someday we'll be able to tell them apart. Yeah, <laughs> new Arium. Yeah, you know what? You know what helps me tell something apart is when you spend a minute distinguishing them from one. Remember when we thought Malcolm and Trip were the same guy? Yeah, that took a while. <laughs> I just started inventing a backstory for one of them. All it took was like an episode to show, oh, that's what this guy is like, and that's what this guy is like. Now I can tell them apart. Yeah. Thank you. But they haven't done that with those guys. Ah, uh, well. It's the turn good... Bryce is super into catfish. <laughs> well, that's fine. I except catfishing people on the internet. It's a different thing. Ugh, that makes him a lot less likable. <laughs> well, Bryce? you got to have that one sort of creepy horn dog on your ship. I don't think Bryce? you do. Bryce is into I rice and Reese is into Reese's pieces. <laughs> <laughs> no, Bryce you is into Reese's that. pieces. And, yeah. <laughs> yes, just to make it confusing. Just to confuse things further. Mm. Yep. So Reese so left a do... trail of Reese's pieces to his bedroom. <laughs> and and, and Stamets followed it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was looking for my debris. <laughs> We're engaged now. <laughs> no, it's uh, there. Always is a is a sex creep on a Star Trek show. That's just like you you got your your Malcolm and you got your Kirk, and then uh, Riker was okay, but he definitely fit that profile. And then Bashir, like there, there's always one of them. Guys. I guess you're right. There is a history of sex creeps on this show. Yeah, and you forgot Neil. Well, uh, and of course, well, and of course, to. Gene, the greatest sex creep of them all. Well, that's that's why this pattern exists mm -hmm. because you know he was there at the beginning. Ugh. Yep. So let's let's sit with that for a minute. <laughs> there were there were some good things in this episode. There really were. Like oh yeah, uh, as bloated yeah, as it felt I, to me. Uh, Gav, what do you got? I've got well. I think say what you want about cinematography on this show, it isn't boring. I'd rather they were like that than just the same shots all the time. Like, you know, like in previous TV Trek, mm. at least they're trying new things. Sometimes it doesn't work and it's, you know, weird, but sometimes it actually does. And mm. there's a bit in it where there was sort of a triple screen thing with uh, number one, Saru and Detmer. And I just thought it really gave it a great pop dynamic feel. So just that things was, like oh, that. Oh, yeah, you had... Yeah, like the split screen where yeah. they're on the, the communicator together. That was very good. And they've no, like they Trek has never done anything like that before. And no, like like Gav says, the house style was always very like set in stone. Yeah. This is what a Star Trek episode looks like. Okay, there will be lots of different directors, but they are all supposed to do it this way. I started doing. And I'm it, like, is this the Ang Lee Hulk? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> I, so Gav, how do you feel about their their uh, propensity towards spinning the camera, like the starting a shot with everything upside down and sort of zooming in and spinning. Do you like that move? I do sometimes. Okay. I do sometimes. Uh, <laughs> uh, it does, like in the battle, weirdly, I don't think it worked in the battle, you know, the battle sequences. Huh. Mm. I just thought everything, like I said, was confusing. It was. It reminded me yeah. of the battle sequences like Transformer movies. Yeah, the yeah. Michael Bay style of just like keep everything sort of, like I think that, I'm trying to be generous here. I think the thinking behind that is supposed to be if you think it's chaotic, like you'll sort of feel like you're in the moment. And I get that. It doesn't work for me, but I get it. Yeah. I mean, but, it should be chaotic, but at the same time, I kind of want to see and know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I prefer that my own self, but I, I don't know. I don't like, I think a thing a lot of us have complained about and it drives Amanda nuts is that spinning move. And I'm mm -hmm. just curious to hear like, if if there are people 
who are into it. Like, I'm always interested just because we complain about a thing doesn't mean every, you know, the whole fandom is hates it. And I'd love to hear like sort of an argument in favor of like what what other than being an interesting visual trick, like what does it add to the to the scene? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, like the cinematography, like like everything should add something and at least explain part of the what people are feeling right. and everything. Yeah, and sometimes it feels like they do it just because they can. Yeah. And you know, like we we talked about this a lot, like in a in a positive way. Like the uh, Abrams movies had a real sense of they don't you don't always know where up is. Like you had a better sense of the the sort of directionlessness of space in his in his movies, which I really liked. And there's some of that here, mm. but I think they take it too far. That for, for my taste, anyway. I don't know. My thing. Well, with consi- the, part of my thing. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, just considering, you know, you don't really know where up is, but considering the last episode, they were surrounded, and yeah, know, they weren't. <laughs> no, they were surrounded on. You know, if you look straight ahead. Yeah. Yeah. No, that didn't make it like well, sense. Like that entire the entire battle. Like you've got the little ships flying around doing weird stuff, but then you've got the big ships just sort of sitting there and shooting each other. Like mm-hmm. it felt very like pirate ships fighting. You know, like just. No one's trying to dodge anything. They're just sort of sitting there and shooting at each other. Yeah. And it's it no, feels and... like, well, let's see whose shields last longer. Oh, not ours? Well, fuck. <laughs> and we know we know ships can move around during a fight because we saw that like in Wrath of Khan. Like that was what was cool about the Mutara Nebula sequence was like those ships were sort of firing and then hiding and then firing and then hiding. Well, that's, and that's... that made it more interesting that's one of the things i love seeing when trek does it because i love watching those ships move is yeah like like you know dodging and like weaving around and stuff and like detmer's yeah. a good fucking pilot you know show that off yep. no and i'm sure the enterprise has a very good pilot as well yeah I whoever who it might are. be yeah i don't know could be number one i have no idea what those jobs are and i don't want to know mm-hmm. um i i think the little ships, like, first of all, okay, it doesn't fit in continuity, whatever. Like, I, it bugs me, but I complain and then I move on. But there were too many of them. Like, that added to the confusion for me because, like, there's so many things happening. Mm-hmm. I just, I can't, like, where am I supposed to be looking right now? There's 10,000 laser bolts being fired in this one shot. Which ones are the important ones, you know? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Pike goes, ah, you're outnumbered because we have 200 ships. Uh-huh. And then Leland goes, oh, yeah? Well, check it out. I, my ships are all knife ships, like from Star Trek Beyond. And I got a billion of them. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I did. No, no, you don't. Your, your ships just fell apart. Oh, shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, your ship broke down into tiny, like, you still have the same amount of firepower. It's just spread out among a lot of little weak things now. Way to use your your first layer of armor as, as your ships, you dumb idiot. <laughs> You do love pe- calling people dumb idiots. It's my favorite insult of all time. <laughs> <laughs> the dumb part hurts, and then the idiot just really brings it home. Like, oh, among idiots, I'm I'm even dumb for an idiot. Yeah. It's like I, there's somebody tweeted this years ago. It's always stuck with me. Is uh, the best insult is saying, "Who is this clown?" Because <laughs> not only are you calling them a clown, but you're calling them a not well known clown. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but. So speaking of the ships, Matt, uh, your, your good thing had something to do with that, Oh, yeah? man. Okay, so this episode premieres the Klingon Cleave ship. A giant... Now, is that its actual name, or that's, did you... Did no, you... that's what they call it. Yeah. Okay. Someone call, someone says it's a Klingon Cleave ship, a okay. gigantic warship 
with a front that's just a big Klingon forehead. And then it mm-hmm. flies around smashing up ships. That is wonderful. That is the now, most is it- Klingon-designed spaceship that was ever invented. Now, I can't tell if the delight in your voice is a delight, like, this was truly a great idea, or this is so stupid and I love it. It's the second one, Al. Okay, that's fine. I'm I'm all for stuff like that. It's 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 built to smash into smaller ships. I don't know. That's, that's incredible. You're right though. That feels that feels very Klingon. Like it yeah. doesn't feel like stupid in the sense like oh why did they come up with that? It it feels about right. It's it's like if they were standing around going, what if we made a ship that's shaped like a bat left so that we could fuss we could yeah. sword fight in space. Uh huh. That feels very Klingon. You're right. What do you think, Takufma? you gotta slow it way down there matt won't get anything done that way yeah i want a ship where i can just make make it the size of my head and headbutt people then let's do that we're klingon engineers we can do that do whatever Uh the fuck we want imagine working to starfleet that'd be shit then just the the fleet shows up and it's just like it looks like mount rushmore but klingon (laughs) (laughs) headbutts you to death I want them to yep. go the extra mile and have the heads be famous Klingons. <laughs> like the, one shows up and it's fucking, it's got fucking Kurge's uh, head on the front. Yeah, there you go, Kruge. Yeah, Kruge. Or what? What was the dude? The eye patch dude from uh, Star Trek Six. Oh, General Chang. General Chang, amazing. Yeah. Yep. You don't remember the Klingon name Chang, do? No. Yeah, come on. It sounds so Klingon. It's funny that. And, you know, and he you know, looked so Klingon with his th- three forehead pimples. You know what? Just go the extra mile. I want the entire ship to look like a cl- just like a Klingon flying through space with his head with his head out. So now it just looks like the uh, the the maid ship from uh, Spaceballs. Nailed it! You nailed it. Okay, <laughs> just a flying statue. It's almost like it's almost like they're piloting giant Pez dispensers through space. <laughs> well, that's where the shuttle. And that's how they launch the, the ships the head, as well. Yeah, the yeah, head opens up, the, the ships come out. The, <laughs> the ships launch out of the neck. Perfect. Oh, right. That's very good. Uh huh. And you think you've uh, severed their life support, but they have a backup life support. Uh huh. Just like a Klingon body. <laughs> yeah. No. And uh, the, the speaking of Klingon ships, we did see a bunch of that, and they made a big deal out of it the whole season. That the D seven is yeah. the new the ship, which is the ship we saw all throughout uh, the original series. Yeah, and that was cool. And those showed up, and there were a bunch of them, and I I love those old. Mm-hmm. 60s designs and I'm I'm glad those were there. Yeah. I thought you were going to say I love those old bastards. <laughs> well, I do. Those fucking bastards. <laughs> Takuma, you bastard, I read your book. <laughs> How could you know it was on the side of my ship? <laughs> <laughs> what, are they carrying like one of those airplane banners but like with Klingon propaganda or whatever? <laughs> Defeat uh, Starfleet for the glory of the Empire. Uh-huh. The there was a moment of fucking I... uh, Laurel with, like, her sleeve rolled back. We can do it. LaRosie <laughs> <laughs> the La Riveter. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Uh, there was a there's a bit uh, where the Klingons are fighting, and uh, I, I put this screen cap on Twitter because it delighted me so much, where the subtitle is under Lieutenant Ash Tyler with his mouth wide open saying, mm-hmm. today is a good day to die, and... You know, when you're Lieutenant Ash Tyler, any day is a good day to die, really. Just die. I was going to say, we should be so fucking lucky. Yeah. Uh, My good thing. So, I'm not sure if I've said this on the show before, but 
uh, this is something I've, I've definitely said to Matt and some other people. If somehow through some, like, if everyone at CBS dropped dead tomorrow and they needed somebody to run the show that with no qualifications and a lot of opinions, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it was me, <laughs> uh, my first move would have been to time strand these guys in the future. Honestly, I've I've had that idea for a long time. That is like, true. This is largely based on my desire to see what happens post-Voyager to move the franchise forward Mm -hmm. but also so you don't have to keep trying to bend over backwards to make sense of the spore drive and spock's secret sister and all that stuff and while i hated the scenes of them saying we will all now pretend they never existed (laughs) that was that was just awful i do think it's a smart move to take them out of this time period where they're constantly contradicting established canon for no reason and move things forward i didn't think they'd actually commit to it. Like last week, I said, oh, they're saying goodbye, but they're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I, I was wrong. And I was glad to be wrong. Yeah. I mean, we'll see how long they are in the future next season. It's, it's a I guess lot it's like possible we... they could never come back now that, you, now that you mention it. Yeah. it's Well, if they spent all that time saying goodbye, it yeah. would be real cheap for them to come back after like two episodes. Mm-hmm. Like, well, not even, they really need not to even that to time this. saying goodbye. The time saying goodbye and then setting it up so you've never heard of any of this. It would just yeah. be ridiculous right. to, to go back on that. Yeah, but then again, they clearly wrote off uh, Ash Tyler as going off to live with the Klingons at the end of last season, mm. and then they brought him back anyway. Like, they're, they've written themselves very nice endings to things that they've just undone. Like, yeah. It wouldn't be the first time. It would be hilarious if they just somehow ended up going one month into the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I like because we don't know. Like all we know is it's nine hundred and thirty years, which is about eight hundred years after the end of Voyager, which mm-hmm. is way unexplored. Like we'd be on the Enterprise Z at that point. Well, I mean, isn't like, that wasn't that where um uh where we see Discovery in that short? Yeah, I think so. Yes, it was like a thousand years. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like maybe they have to abandon the actual ship. I mean, that makes go... sense, and just go live on uh, on that planet. Uh, that's not a show. <laughs> I mean, it's not a show I want to watch. No, but yeah, it's the, definitely something a, that could that's happen. A fine, that's a fine ending. Like, if this was the last episode of the series, and they all lived peacefully on that planet together, that would be fine, I mean, I I'm pretty sure that's the last episode of Battlestar Galactica. Yes. Yeah. It, yeah. It's the Discovery Farm show. <laughs> <laughs> da, da, but da, if, da, fuck this. <laughs> but if... <laughs> man, you were, you were just... All over the Green Acres references. What is that? Apparently, I don't know. I've never even seen it. <laughs> Would I, you prefer like, Petticoat Junction? I'd know even less about that one. I'm not even sure I know the theme song to Petticoat Junction. Nope. Hey, hey, Petticoat Junction. Yeah, that's part. Of it. Think, sing the theme song to <laughs> Sugarfoot with me. <laughs> no, if if they just had to leave the ship for whatever reason and join the Federation of the distant future that uh-huh. would be fine yeah like join starfleet of 800 years from starfleet 2099 yeah that's fine <laughs> it's your it's your captain miguel o'hara yeah of course <laughs> only if he's played by oscar isaac though that's fine um but no i think like it's a lot like how i felt at the end of season one which is like there's a lot of potential here yeah i'm i'm into it if they live up to it but so far, I don't know, man. I mean, you know, we'll see. The test the test for me to really, like, for a show is, am I ever going to feel like going back and watching these mm. again? And I don't think I am. Like, I've enjoyed it okay all along, but when I'm itching to watch some Star Trek and go back and watch some stuff I've seen before, 
maybe one or two episodes, but most of this is just like, nah, I've seen it before. Yeah, I'm right. Good. And that's to me, like where it really needs to work. Like there haven't been a lot of excellent, like, Oh my God, this is great. I can't wait to, you know, in a year, be excited about this all over again. Mm. There's just not that much to this show for me. And that's, that's disappointing, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe I expect too much, but you know, it's Star Trek. I want to expect more. Yeah, be good, damn it. <laughs> Stupid TV, be more fun. <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, let's have a look at the old notes, which there are not too many of. Because There's a bit where exploding. Pike is giving a speech at the beginning, and mm. he says, this is Starfleet, get it done. Mm. I, I didn't like that. It just didn't uh... seem Pike... It didn't seem like the character we've seen for this series. It just seemed a bit... Yeah, no, that was... um, Was it Captain Jellicoe's Yes, Jellicoe's uh, catchphrase. catchphrase. Well, well, there you are then. And I hated him, but I love this. So... I liked him as a as an antagonist. I didn't... I certainly didn't it. want him to stick around. Guy's an asshole. No. <laughs> no, but he was. he's like... We talk about how few good villains there have been in Star Trek. He's definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and all the rest are on Deep Space Nine. Yep. Yes. That's where they Pretty live. Mm-hmm. And this week they're not a villain, but next week they'll be like double villain. Mm-hmm. So, well, double dumbass on you. <laughs> it appears. It was actually a point where Pike says uh, uh, formation double alpha. It's like, oh, you ran out of Greek letters. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what else? We Most have... of my notes are like, oh, these action sequences go on forever. I wanted to bring this up because it made me laugh. Um, this, the sequence at the end when they're like, when uh, uh, Spock's like, and no one's ever going to talk about Discovery or the Spore Drive or whatever again. Gav put a note in, uh, put a note in here of a picture of the uh, the Armin Tanzarian uh, oh, episode yes. of The Simpsons. No, this this morning he he sent us the. Uh, the the Frinkiac cap like in a in a group DM I woke up and that's the first thing yeah. I saw like oh, that's a good start to the day <laughs> it's, 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 it's the first thing I thought of yeah I, mean, yeah. I have a similar note just yep. no one will ever mention the spore drive again under penalty of torture <laughs> and it it like I've said it a bunch of times it's it bugs me trying to figure out how this all fits in but it feels like they're overcorrecting and saying no see it's okay huh. Ugh. get it just just stop just i'll get over it if yeah. you make it good just move on with it yeah it's it's not it, it's not a that big a deal guys it's like pike taking the hologram things out of enterprise they they made a point of saying that like three times and we'll never see these again memory alpha uh-huh yeah i just i didn't need that mm-hmm. uh there was we'll never see mud also, again though yeah, that's true. And uh, what's his name signed on for a bunch of appearances, but I I don't know. Just open a freezer in the future and mud falls out. Just, oh, God. I've <laughs> been were, in there for were, 900 uh, years. <laughs> I don't know what their plan was, but they were going to bring him back into next gen somehow. Yeah, I remember Maybe that. They just, and then uh, Roger C. Carmel died. Yeah. But, like, I wonder... Whatever that concept was, they could just resurrect that, I guess. I guess. I mean, we know that... Uh, cryogenics exist in the star trek universe like yeah but also he can't be frozen until after he is finished dealing with kirk yeah right because he's still got that to do oh, he's still I'm, got the... I'm harry mudd jr you knew my great 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 <laughs> great 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 yep 
No, people are very long lived in the future. It's just like my grandfather. Mm-hmm. I mean, bones live to be like two hundred. Yep. Yep, and just apparently went around ships, seeing seeing them off or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Finding the weirdest person on the ship and telling them they remind him of Spock. Yeah. Uh huh. Well, yelling at him for it. Michael appeared to him as the Red Angel and said, "You, you have to go and find the weirdest people on ships and tell them you remind <laughs> them of Spock." Oh, I don't think we mentioned that that their 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 last moment uh, together, Spock and Michael, was like, "And you need to find a, I don't know, handsome about thirty year old uh, captain from Iowa. That that'll be your best friend." Okay, yeah. bye. And whatever you do, don't get your brain stolen. Yeah. I remember I'm never to ever in- to. Oh, she's gone. <laughs> Try not to end up in any alternate universes in the future, too. And if you do, don't don't give the answers to everyone. <laughs> and for God's don't sake, don't write a str- book. I'm not Spock. <laughs> or then you just have to write another book to undo that. And don't write any songs about The Hobbit. <laughs> oh, do do did that. He write that? Definitely do that. <laughs> did he write that or did he just sing it? Both. I mean, that makes it even better. I don't even like Lord of the Rings, but it makes it so much better if he actually wrote that himself. Bilbo. Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> King of the Wild Frontier. <laughs> I liked the visual effects of the time travel in the Red Angel suit, but they went on for a lot. Like, they went all 2001 Star Trek the motion picture on us where Michael's just, like, gaping at these lights. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, let's, okay. Let's go. It's like between the most boring parts of 2001 and the boring uh, flashbacks, it's like, I'm bored. Yep. And then we had like a Daredevil-esque endless hallway fight sequence Mm -hmm. on top of that. Fighting on the ceiling. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, what a feeling. (laughs) (laughs) Yum, yum. Oh, God. There was... So, Non apparently is super into Giorgio, like, like... in a wants to fuck her way. Uh-huh. And that's fine, but that came from out of fucking nowhere. Well, like, the characters haven't spent any time together. And if I'd known no, they had this kind of chemistry, I would have been fine with it. Amanda <laughs> pointed this out to me that we, like, Nan's been in for the entire season. Like, mm-hmm. she showed up in the first episode with Pike. Mm-hmm. And we don't know anything about her. We know she's kind of mad. Like, because Amanda's like, is she gay? I, she might. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know anything about her. Yep. She killed Arium. Uh-huh. The end. Yeah, so she can do the heroic security guy thing. Mm-hmm. That that doesn't really tell me anything about her. Yep. I didn't even know she Just... was from the Enterprise until they said, oh, by the way, you can stay on Discovery now. Oh, yeah. I just yeah, assumed she, up, she was uh... one of the endless people on Discovery we didn't know anything about until sure. we did. She, um, I mean, there are tons of those yeah. still. She showed up with uh, Pike and that guy that everyone, uh, and I assume you you made this connection as well, thought it was exactly like Rimmer. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. He even yeah. had the blue uniform. God, he was like Rimmer. Uh-huh. No, I, I posted a picture of that and, and mentioned that, and uh, uh, our friend uh, Pat, who isn't really a Star Trek guy, said, oh, my God, that is Rimmer. That is exactly Rimmer. <laughs> and he acted like him, too. Up the long ladder, me laddio. <laughs> Uh, his last words should have been stoke me a clip or I'll be back for Christmas no his last words should have been gazpacho soup oh yes of course which he'd written on his hand 74 times (laughs) (laughs) and the words I am a fish (laughs) he's not dead he's just studying for his astronavigation exam (laughs) 
Oh, that's definitely a show I don't want to go back and watch again, isn't it? Ah, uh, probably. It probably hasn't aged as well as, as I hope it would. I mean, if, I there, if there's one thing I learned about going back and watching uh, old British TV shows, it's that a lot of them are like 80% gay jokes. Yeah. Well, the there's 70s, that. definitely so. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. yeah. It's like, I'm going to show I'm gonna show Mal Blackadder. She's never seen it. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. Well, you can kind of say, well, but Stephen Fry was in it, so mm-hmm. it's okay. Eh, no. Not in any of these not. scenes. Yeah. yeah. I'm fine with Blackadder. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I have a gay friend who said it's okay. So, <laughs> so isn't, isn't that all right, though? I mean, because we all act and say the same thing. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Just like when Nate came on and said, uh, we're, we're angry about uh, uh, the, the Stamets and Hugh thing. It's like, oh, well, okay. I guess I guess the gays are mad about that. <laughs> Thanks, Nate. <laughs> They're mad about something. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I didn't like like near the end when they're having uh, Spock and Michael are having their like goodbye thing. I I I mostly like that scene. I really did. But there's a point where she says she has to make a leap of faith, and man, they kept trying to crowbar that in like it was a theme for yeah, the season, right? Yep. Like they kept trying to make it science versus religion or something, but it was so vague, and it they kept forgetting about it. Mm-hmm. Like I also I've seen a million sci-fi things with that, but mm-hmm. if you're gonna do that, like don't just keep forgetting about it, you know? Yeah, they've kind of forgotten about it since that Terralysium episode, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah. It's been a long time. They've mentioned it, like, in dialogue once or twice, but it's it just like, oh, that's what we're doing this season. Okay. Hi, guys. This is Michael Burnham just reminding you that leaps <laughs> of faith are important. I'll see you later. <laughs> and then Spock had to give the counterpoint and say, and it is the logical thing to do also. Ask your doctor if leaps of faith are good for you. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sonequa Martin-Green. You know, we've had a lot of fun today, but the most important thing in Discovery is leaps of faith. Side effects may include uh, endless action sequences, undeveloped characters, and family members that you've never met before. (laughs) For instance, here's my sister, Dawn. Oh, no. I guess that's, I never thought of her like that, but I guess, uh, I guess Michael was very much in danger of being Don Summers and they dodged that bullet. Yeah, kind of. If that would have meant uh, that the that discovery had opened with them fighting Dracula and then Michael shows up at the end of the first episode, I would have been on board. <laughs> <laughs> Spock just turns to Michael and says, mom. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else? I think. Yeah, I think that's everything I got. Uh, yeah, I think that's everything. Uh, what do you got for a quote? My quote is basically Saru whenever his sister shows up in a space fighter. You have learned to pilot a fighter. Yeah, that was kind of like, okay, we can clearly see that. Why Why did you just say that out loud? I, it really feels like someone... Because he like... couldn't quite believe it. <laughs> You Neither have could we. learned to pilot a fighter. <laughs> We've only been gone two months. That's, wow, that was a real crash course, I guess. <laughs> Good for you, I guess. And the Ba'ul like kind of the... suck if you guys took him out this quickly. I do like that there was a Ba'ul fighter. They just like, oh, these belong to us now. Yeah, f- yeah they, they didn't, they fu- they didn't they really explain that, didn't they? <laughs> no, they just, like, they just stole it. Like, now they're the predators. Yeah, like, right. Oh, you've just switched roles, I guess. <laughs> Last thing Saru says, now you've got... now. 
I know this is going to be difficult, but you and the Ba'ul are going to have to learn to live in harmony. All right, I'll see you later. Oh, so up. steal their ships and, and learn how to shoot things. Yeah, Got it. Turn, they turn up like two months later. Yeah, we murdered all of them and stole all their technology. Uh-huh. I, I guess we took a leap of faith. <laughs> well, when you're Saru, those leaps are very, very wide. Hi, I'm Saru's sister. <laughs> you know, we had a lot of fun today, but... I think her name is Sarusica. <laughs> I think I know what my name is. <laughs> no, I don't think you do. <laughs> Mr. Bryce or Reese. All right. Bryce, well, that's all Reese for this Davies? time. What? <laughs> yes. Uh, they're digging in the wrong place. I'm the monarch right. of the sea. Gav, do you have anything you want to tell the people? Uh, sliders. But apart from that, no. <laughs> Okay. Uh, that's enough. <laughs> that's enough out of you. <laughs> uh, well, this is this is it. This is all the Star Trek. Once yep. again, we've caught up to the franchise, and once again, we are the only ones who've reviewed every single all goddamn of episode Trek. of this of everything. So, uh, well done, us. And here we are, uh, in episode four hundred and one, to look back on. Yeah, and so next week we'll be doing our usual supplemental. Yep. If you want to write to us, postatomicor at gmail. We will. We will go through your mail. We will talk about our final thoughts. But then we're out of Star Trek, so we're just going to sort of wander around genre shows for a while. Yep. Um, our, our plan is uh, basically we are going to pick, uh, we're going to sort of uh, start in the 60s, and then the next week we'll do the 70s and the 80s, and then we'll cycle back around. So we're never sort of stuck in one era. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to make a pass where we take turns. Matt will pick a 60s show, I'll pick a 70s show, mm. so on. And then we'll go back to the beginning, and I'll pick a 60s show. So, like, it'll just be us for a little while, and then we'll bring the guests in. Yeah. So, uh, Gav, when, you know, when we're finished with that cycle, then you you are welcome to come back and uh, force us to watch <laughs> any sort of hour-long genre show, mm. which you, you're already practiced at. You've, you've had some experience doing that. Yeah, you know how this works. Yeah, 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 of course. I have them lined up already. Oh, good. More teabag. Well, that's really stretching the definition of a genre show, I think. I think it fits. All right. She's an evil uh, space witch. How much more sci-fi can you get? Well, no, I guess you're right. Yep. I guess I guess Giorgio's basically one of those. I so. run rings around you, logically. And and don't <laughs> tell me you wouldn't want uh, Michelle Yeoh to play T-Bag in a remake. Uh, that would be very good. I want to see her play a character I like, so that mm -hmm. would be nice. Yeah. Um... But uh, also, uh, uh, there's a handful of people who have donated at the the top tier uh, to our Patreon, which means you get to pick one of these shows that we're reviewing. Mm -hmm. A couple people have already made their choices, so that's exciting, and it's not too late to do that. Yep. Uh, Patreon.com slash Algar. If you want to uh, like donate at one of the lower levels, you can get the show early. You mm -hmm. can have a look at our notes, but the the, the the big one, the like 20 bucks a month, you can pick something for us to watch. And and we have to watch it, uh, unless there it's are Deadly Games. Yeah, unless it's Deadly Games. There are a couple of caveats. We have to be able to find it, mm -hmm. and it can't be Deadly Games. Yeah. And, you know, some of you want us to watch things that you know we're going to hate. Well, just uh, just keep this in mind. If if it's your favorite and you know we're going to hate it, we're just going to rag on this thing you love for an hour. Do you really want that? Is that what you want? Is that what you want you out want of this relationship? Do you want us to tell you how many ways Babylon 5 sucks for an hour? Maybe mm. just leave it alone, man. <laughs> On the other hand, we have a price. If you pay that price, we'll mm -hmm. do that. Yeah. 
Uh, so what else? Uh, the website is postatomichorror.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Tumblr, postatomichorror.tumblr.com. We are on Twitter, at Algar, at Robot Matt. Yep. Gav, do you care to give your uh, Twitter? or? Uh, sure, Irish Gav Brown. There you go. Very well. Um, what, uh, and... Listen to Endeavor. Oh, yes. Our uh, Star Trek fanfic uh, project uh, episode two is out episode three will be dropping on the next first of week May. for patreons is that right yes uh it's uh, new episodes drop on the first of every month and the patreon people get them a week early yeah so whatever a week before may 1st is mm-hmm. that's when they'll get it i think it's like the 25th or something yes uh but we're but that's all together now we're very excited about that it turned out very well mm-hmm. uh We've we've also started uh, uh, working on number four, which we're very like we're very excited about this project. Yes, we're, we're really happy to be working on it, and uh, that is at ussendeavor.com. Uh, and that's all for now. Yeah, see you, folks. The Post Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Elgar Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2019. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun. <laughs>